It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Hello, and welcome to Tangential Inspiration, episode 148. Today, I'm going to talk about boundaries. Oh, I need to listen to boundaries. So do I. And I'm going to chat a bit about a special that was on OPB about changing farming methods to help combat climate change. Interesting. So, yes, another one that my mother-in-law sent me. Oh, good. um, And then September was Suicide Awareness Month. Okay. So I have just a quick story about a young man that played baseball and is making a big difference for mental health. Excellent. So again, I have to thank my mother-in-law, Barbara, Mm -hmm. for another story suggestion. Oregon Public Broadcasting did a story last month about how Oregon is incentivizing farmers to do things to help trap carbon emissions in the soil. Interesting. So we've talked before about how some types of seagrass and even kelp forests capture and hold tons of carbon from the atmosphere. We've also talked about how carbon emissions are one of the major contributors to the current climate change crisis. Well, now farmers can do things with their land that help capture and hold carbon from the atmosphere, which is pretty amazing. I know. I Wow, I can't even wrap my head around that. I can't either. <laughs> um, after oceans, soil traps the second largest amount of carbon. So, huge amount. Yeah. This can significantly decrease the amount of carbon released into the environment. And the carbon trapped in the soil can even be beneficial to the production of crops. Traditional farming techniques of constantly tilling the soil release much of the stored carbon. Planting crops in a more natural way, which do not require the tilling of soil, tend to lead to healthier crops and more carbon capture. Additionally, rotating livestock to different fields more often leads to keeping a healthier plant base, which helps retain carbon in the soil. I also heard like planting different plants. Yes, right. Which I and sometimes they do like clue clover right just for the season yeah right yeah right. i don't understand so interesting to me right overgrazing often leads to plant destruction and makes it more difficult to contain trapped carbon in the soil carbon is always part of the soil rocks and minerals break down and create inorganic compounds plants and animals die and break down into organic carbons as these organic compounds break down through the natural decay process carbon is released into the soil The plants pull additional carbon from the air and hold it in the soil in their root system. Okay. Carbon can be released through the tilling of soils, wind dispersion, and erosion. Fires and clear cutting can also significantly reduce the amount of carbon trapped in the soil. I was so um, amazed. You know, we went to Yosemite last week. Right. And all of the, like, controlled burns Correct. that they do. Mm-hmm. Control wasn't the word that they used. I can't remember what the word was. But well, just, and I remember reading, too, about Reed Drummond, you know, the pioneer oh, uh-huh. woman. Yeah. They do controlled burns. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's not the right word anymore. Mm-hmm. But they do controlled burns as well on their farm. Mm-hmm. And to keep things going as yeah. well in the right direction. Right. So I do know that... To keep it safe. And right. certain seeds don't release unless they're burned, I guess, apparently. 
Hmm. Unless the yeah. ground has been yeah. burned. Or or something. Uh, something related to fire. Seeds and okay. all of that. Okay. So, okay. So there's a there can be a good purpose behind right. it. Right. Okay. Controlled, though. With, you know. Sure. Sure. So we've all heard that trees help capture carbon dioxide from the air and release oxygen in return. Remember that from when we went to... Did you do outdoor school? Yes. yes. It was so fun. It was really cold. <laughs> it's funny because I was just chatting with my mom and I'm like, you know what? Colleen says, it was so fun, Teresa. It was so cold. <laughs> I'm like, I, Mom, I don't think I like church camp. I don't think I liked outdoor school. It was just cold, cold, cold. <laughs> so anyway, having, like I said, just come back from Yosemite National Park, I've never seen more oak trees in one area. Oh, so wow. I was happy to learn that oak trees are the most efficient tree in sequestering carbon. Trees aren't the only plants that capture large amounts of carbon. Native grasses can also capture carbon. While grasses are pretty simple plants, their root structures are excellent for trapping carbon in the soil. And since grasses grow faster than trees, they can start capturing Mm -hmm. carbon more quickly. Bamboo is also being used in some places in the world because it can help capture carbon efficiently, and it grows, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was just going to say. Crazy fast. So my husband cut our grass today. Mm Mm-hmm. And he thinks it's already grown. I know. Because I even remarked, like, you know, I got out of the car yeah. from a friend today, and I thought that grass could have been moved a little shorter. Yeah, but he was so like, I think it's already grown. I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay. So Whatever you say, hon. <laughs> but one hectare of bamboo, which is approximately two and a half acres, can store 60 tons of carbon each year. Wow. Growing fruits, nuts, and legumes are an excellent source for capturing carbon. <laughs> One of the farms this article talked about is the Imperial Stock Ranch in Maupin, Oregon. Okay. Have you guys ra- rafted out of Maupin? No. No, okay. It's a that's big rafting area. For those Oregon. for not from here, that's towards Bend. Is that the best? Mm. Would you say that's the closest kind of big uh, yeah. city, Bend? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Or Central Oregon. Central Oregon, yeah. Right. So, I've only been to Maupin for the rafting, but I'm glad to hear that there are farmers there taking an interest in preventing climate change. I mean, it affects all of us. Sure, sure. So, the Imperial Stock Ranch raises cattle and sheep and also grows wheat and hay. Over the past decade, they've been changing their farming practices to help improve their products and help reverse climate change. They've changed from traditional farming practices to ones that help support a more natural state. This, in turn, has encouraged the land to be healthier and richer. The ranch, which covers about 50 square miles, utilizes a strategy of moving both its grazing cattle and sheep more frequently. This allows plants to recover from grazing and doesn't lead to the overgrazing of some areas, which right. we definitely see here where cows overgraze, right. manure goes into the water system. Right. Yeah, so right. more work for this, but less work really in the long run. Right, that's true. The grazing of animals has devastated many areas, severely damaging the ability of plants and soil to hoard hold carbon. By moving the animals more frequently, the plants recover and no carbon is lost. This was the first sheep ranch in the world to Whoa. get I know to get the designation of responsible wool standard. Go mop in Oregon <laughs> for their sustainable grazing practices. They're also investing in planting native plants and grasses to help keep the soil healthy. Sure. Um, scientists have been studying the farming practices at Imperial Stock Ranch, and they found that not only has the ranch eliminated its own carbon footprint, including the gases produced by all of their livestock, which is huge, right? 
but they've also stored an extra 60,000 tons of carbon in the soil. I think it just goes back to old, you know, let's go back to old ways of doing things. Right, right, more natural ways. Exactly, mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. Imperial Stock Ranch produces wool. They're hoping to team with a clothing or fabric manufacturer to sell not only the wool, but to get paid by the clothing company company to use carbon credits to offset the carbon emissions released in the manufacturing of wool clothing. This could lead to being able to market the final wool clothing as carbon neutral. In other words, the production of the wool garment didn't lead to any creation of more carbon pollution, which is pretty amazing. I know. I, I feel like I can't, like my mind's still like <laughs> catching know, up with know, what you said. So. so the Oregon legislature has implemented new laws to give farmers an economic incentive to use their land to trap carbon in order to combat climate change. There are programs to encourage planting certain cover crops to help, you know, like I said, which help trap carbon in the soil as well as financial assistance to plant more trees. Which I'm always all about. Me too. The air. Mm -hmm. Oregon legislator Paul Dembrow, who helped pass these incentive laws, says when people think about climate action, they think about their cars and their stoves and industry, mm -hmm. but they don't think about That is our, true. It that is. is true. Yeah. For sure. Me too. Mm -hmm. We don't really think about our agricultural practices. They also can be real agents of change. So the Oregon Environmental Council says that agriculture generates 12% of Oregon's greenhouse gas emissions. <laughs> this program may seriously help reduce agriculture's overall role in producing greenhouse gases and may present even more opportunities to fight climate change. There's a show that I just saw. I think it's on Prime right now. Okay. Called, well, it's in the theaters, too. Okay. Downtown only. Called Common Ground. Have oh. you heard of it? No. So it's an actual positive. Like, so many of the climate change movies are doom and gloom. They're right. very depressing. And sometimes I will skip over that because it keeps me up at night. Yeah, it's just. And too... I know that sounds bad because I should keep myself right. informed, but, but I need my sleep. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it's just, it's so daunting. It is. So this movie actually is talking about how there's some positive stuff coming out and right. talking about regenerative farming. And it's got like Donald Glover. Jason Momoa, yeah, mm -hmm. um, talking in it. Laura Dern, Woody Carlson, Doctor Mark Hyman, oh, who's yeah. huge. Yes, um, so all of them make appearances in this movie. I'm, I'm going to have to watch it. Yes, just that because it sounds like it's very similar to the stuff that we're doing here in Oregon. Good news. Yeah. So, as I talked about earlier, I'm going to talk a little bit about boundaries because I think everybody really could. Yeah. I'm sure I have my that, pen already right? open. And <laughs> I'm sure when we go through these six steps or mm -hmm. these six hints to talk mm -hmm. about boundaries, that everybody could find one to work on. Don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I haven't even heard them yet, but right. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. There was actually one that I've already done once. Okay. I thought you were going to say there's one that I know you really need <laughs> no, no, to work no, no, no. on. <laughs> no, I need to work on five, and oh, I've done okay. one. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> so the term boundaries is really hitting its stride right now. I think that it mm -hmm. is maybe a popular term, um, as a type of therapy speak, um, making the rounds on social media. I mean, mm -hmm. I do th I'm not saying it's a bad mm -hmm. thing. Um, setting boundaries is about setting limits for what you will and will not accept with the intention of being a safeguard for your mental and emotional mm -hmm. well-being. Boundaries are the reason we log out of work emails at 5 p.m., and I used to not do this. Mm -hmm. I used to keep my work email on my phone, mm -hmm. and I would... I would respond to emails on vacation. I would respond all the time. 
because I was just listening to a podcast yeah. on that, and they're like, with never being off, you're never really on, right? You know, because right. you're you're always in that daze, right? And I was also worried about being, and I'm putting this in quotes, behind mm-hmm. or disappointing somebody. Yep. And so I decided with my last job that I will never have it on my phone. And I never have since. Mm-hmm. So. Good job. I know. You, you didn't need to do that with it. <laughs> yeah. Or to cut off friendships that are no longer serving us. And that was actually yeah. one that I did. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, I'm, and it was not malicious. Boundaries are how we protect our safety, our security, and our happiness. It is important to note that setting boundaries isn't in order to avoid doing things you don't want to do. Mm. I mean... And I do not no. look at them that way, really. I mean, I, I say that, but I, I don't think that I look at them I don't, that no. way. No, I know I the things I don't want to do. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I wouldn't consider all. that a boundary. No. I would just, no. I'm that kind of person. You know, it was funny. My husband and I were talking today and he said something about who wants to admit their flaws. And I was like, oh, I could tell you yeah. my, fi- <laughs> you know, I could tell you five flaws right now of my own. <laughs> I know. We're really good at that. Right, right, right. So, and it isn't about trying to change the way others behave. Right, yeah. right, and right, right. Think. Yeah. No, it's all about you. Right. Your boundaries right. are your boundary. The differentiating factor is that boundaries are the way in which you react to said behavior. And these are six boundary rules to live by for a fulfilling and healthy existence. Number which we one, all want. Which we all want. Fulfilling and healthy. Yes. I think too, like, and guilt-free. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, I mean, yes. would you consider yourself a people pleaser? Oh, absolutely. Okay, I would too. Absolutely. I would consider myself a people yeah. pleaser. Yeah. And so boundaries are right. hard for people pleasers sure. because we're always wanting to make everybody else happy. Right. And one thing, I mean, it's obviously not on here, but I almost have to say it to myself sometimes. Nobody's mad at you. <laughs> um, something happened at work this week and, it, and I had to say, she, she's not mad at you. Like, it's, it's okay. Just, just remember. Yeah, just remember. she's not mad at you. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> My boss last week, we'd had a meeting, and, and she had to actually put her dog down. Mm-hmm. And she said, so it's going to be a hard week. Um, it's going to be a busy week. And I just want you to all know that if I send you an email and it's short, I'm not mad at you. I just, you know, stuff yeah. has to get done. Yeah. And I, I really thought, like, what a great boss. Yeah, to be open. And also to be, like, warning us in advance. Right. There's two men on our team. All the rest are women. And I think women more go to that. She's mm-hmm. mad at me. Um, but I just thought, oh, my gosh, I loved that she said that. Maybe it was just for me. <laughs> I don't know. No, she knows I know. how I am. We've known each other a long time. But I just loved that No, but she I think that's that. a really smart way to mm-hmm. just, you know, preemptively warn people so that mm-hmm. nip stuff in the bud before there mm-hmm. are problems. Just mm-hmm. let them know that she's having a rough week. Yeah. I think that's smart. Yep. If I send you something and it's short, mm-hmm. please don't worry. Right. Please don't stress. Don't yeah. take it personally. And I was just like, oh, such a good boss. Yeah. Such a I good agree. boss. I mm-hmm. agree. Mm-hmm. So number one is you have the right to say yes or no guilt-free. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know I have the right to say yes or no, but it's the guilt-free. Right. Because, well, and I was just listening to a podcast today on you need to get, stop worrying about FOMO. The fear yes. of missing out. Right. Because, right. you know, the guilt-free thing, if. If I say no to something, are they going to be mad? You know, yeah, mm-hmm. just so, yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it is. And then what if it's really fun and I missed out on I it? I know. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. She changed yeah. hers in this um, podcast to the joy of missing out. Right. So once you make that decision, 
you need to be happy with your decision. Right. So, and honestly, too, you could almost think about like, let's say you say no mm-hmm. because you know you need rest that right. night. Or sometimes you say no because you're like, I really do need to get those 10 loads of laundry done. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. honestly, what if you do get those 10 loads of laundry done and it takes so much off your mind? Yes. The next You'll day? feel amazing. Right. Yes. So if it, if there, it, maybe it is a joy of missing right. out, depending right. on why. Your perspective. Yeah. Right. Your perspective. Yeah. That's so good. So there is no one reason why we say yes or no to something when we like to answer the opposite. No matter why you're going with the flow instead of answering truthfully, you are allowed to say yes or no and simply leave it at that. Ditch the guilt associated with letting people down or disappointing others. Yeah, that's the hard part right there. Right, right. One time I had met this mom at the dance studio and I really did like her. Mm -hmm. And it was more when my kids are young. Both of our families lived locally and... She, I think she really was looking for a friend and I had a really hard time giving it to her, like giving her the time and the energy. And I think she was upset about it, but you know, I just didn't feel like I had the time or extra bandwidth. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, I just remember it just being hard to, it is, it is very hard because I, I know there's no, I mean, the number of friends really that you can have and right. treat them, you know, right. like you're supposed to is actually, right. I can't remember what it is, but it's relatively small. It is. So, right. Yeah, you got to protect that. Right, right. Number two, you have the right to change your mind or to make mistakes. Right. Got to work on that one, too. I know. <laughs> um, it's funny. I have a friend named Sherry, and we met, like, well, we really got to be friends about 1996. Mm. <laughs> so we've been friends a really long time. And when we first started being friends, we had both had friendships where if we changed our mind or said no, we got the guilt trip. And so we both kind of made this pact when we became friends Mm -hmm. that there was going to be no guilt. Guilt. Like if I, all of a sudden, if I said yes, and then I changed my mind to no because something happened or I had a bad day at work or I came home not feeling well, there was going to be no guilt. That should just be a given. Shouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I just loved that. So not just with Sherry. That should be no. with everyone. No, and, and, and it should be, yeah. right? No, but, that's what um, I'm saying, but it's not. Just, it's not. Yeah. And I just love that, that we both recognize mm-hmm. that we needed that. See, that's the type of friend you got to hold right. on to. Yeah. Right, right. got to protect that friendship. You never need to feel stuck with your decisions or need to pretend everything is working out when really you'd like to pivot in another direction. Mm-hmm. You're allowed mm-hmm. to be wrong and you're allowed to change your mind. Yep. Because you're a woman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And men are allowed to change your mind, too. <laughs> but you're going to be wrong. I mean, let's, we're, we are going to be wrong. There right. are times when you're going to be wrong. Right. And I think it's a strength to feel like you can, to be confident enough to know that you can right. change your mind. Right. I think, uh, you know, with even with Teresa and I doing this podcast together, how many times have we changed the night or the day <laughs> that we're going to record? No. Even tonight. I was no. like, 15 more minutes. I mean, right. 15 more minutes. Right. But, I mean, there's been a night where I've been like, I am so exhausted. I've been gone all weekend. Yeah. Can we move a night? Yeah. And it's been the same with mm-hmm. you. And I think it's been good. Yeah. And it's been okay. Yeah. And it's Absolutely. Been fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, number three, you have the right to make your voice heard, even if others disagree with your opinion. This one's really hard because a lot of times I won't speak up. I'll just Mm -hmm. nod politely. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's how how we grow. Not the nodding politely, (laughs) but bringing another perspective to the table. Mm -hmm. You know, when you do disagree. Mm -hmm. Because 
I just think it's important to not stay quiet as long as everybody does it respectfully and yeah. in a kind way, which you totally would. Yeah. Um, I was telling Teresa that today I got to hung, hang out with my college best friend. And um, when we were in college, she would always pick me up and give me a ride because I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. And she is Jewish mm-hmm. and I'm LDS. Mm-hmm. And we had the best conversations about religion. Yeah. It was so cool. I loved it. Yeah. I learned I, so much about yeah. Judaism. It was so neat. I know. That's, that's yeah. what's just the... You know, when we went on our trip and we were just right. chatting about just all sorts of, you know, when people are in different places in life, you yes. just have the opportunity to learn so much from right. other people. Right. If you just, yeah, if you're just not, not nodding and just agreeing along, right. but just, you know, right. being yourself and right. and being open. You also have to be with someone who's going to be open to let you be yourself. Right. But then that goes again to, you know, right. making sure you have good friends. I, I Comfortable. Just... Right. Yeah. I just love it. And I also, I'm kind of one of those people that, um, I'm a question asker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's um, a good thing. And it was funny because somebody asked me, I asked somebody the other day, like, how what was your journey to get here? Um, I was just questioning somebody and they kind of looked at me funny. I said, no judging. Mm-hmm. I sincerely want to know how you got from where I saw you last to where you, you're mm-hmm. here now. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to just, know. Yeah. Like, I really like you and mm-hmm. I just kind of want to know yeah. how you got here. Yeah. Get an update. Right, yeah. right. And and I did sincerely want to yeah. know. But you have the right to express your feelings and opinions. Um, I think it's hard if so. you don't know if you're in a safe environment. You know, I'm right. not talking physically safe, but in a safe environment as far as people accepting you for who you are. So that is um, maybe then you just nod politely. Yeah, and those I feel like are that's the times. Fine too. Yeah, it is. I, I really do. Because you don't have to voice your opinion. 100% you know all no, the time no it's great to you know to be asking questions because mm-hmm. that's how you get to know people and that's mm-hmm. how you learn I love it yeah I, I'm I a question asker so number four you have the right to be treated with respect this one starts at home start by treating yourself with respect and others will lead by your example you are valuable and you are worthy of respect and care I think all I think this was hard especially when I was raising kids mm-hmm like, I would run myself ragged. Yeah. I think most moms do. <laughs> I think most moms do. I think one thing that I did do is, um, and Jeff was really supportive of this, is I would get up and work out just like 30 minutes in the mm-hmm. morning. Um, and I really needed that time, and it was my time. And he would really keep the girls out of there. Like, nope, that's mom's time. Good for him. You know, or like, yeah. you know, the, door, the door's shut. And um, It's even better when you're away, because right. then they can't right, right, right. at all. But he was still be. pretty good about that. And that was just kind of my time. And And it was really good for them to see that. Right. You know, for them to see dad, you know, giving you that time and telling them mom's in the room. And I think that's right. Um, Other than that, I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I mean, I think I've been in my tub three times in 16 years. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not really a bathtub. You know, I'm not really a... Uh, right now, our cat crate so, is sitting in it, yeah. so, you know, it's well used. <laughs> That's funny, because Royce put the scratchy thing yeah. in ours. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, pretty much the same yeah. thing. <laughs> Number five, you have the right to decide who deserves a place in your life. Mm-hmm. So I had a friend who, probably ten years ago, showed up on my doorstep unannounced, kind of living a different life than mm-hmm. me. Wasn't married, didn't have kids, and you know, kind of accused me of just not having the time and space for her. Mm-hmm. And at uh, your doorstep or like called you? No, she showed up at my house. Oh, okay. And, um, when she left, I thought, you know, I'm going to shut the door on this relationship. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember listening to myself. I think it was a podcast later. I think mm-hmm. it was Jillian Michaels. Oh. Actually, a podcast mm-hmm. later about how it's okay to shut the door on a friendship, not maliciously, mm-hmm. not you move on with your life mm-hmm. and I'm going to move on with mine. I think it's kind of like pruning a plant. Right. I mean, and I wish you happiness yes. in your journey. And for them to grow and, right. you know. But I think I'm going to shut the door. Yeah. And she tried to reach out after, and I just kind of was like, you know what? I think it's hard for you to understand my life. Yeah. You know, maybe I can't understand yours. And I think that's okay. Yeah, I think it is too, because um, you do outgrow certain yeah. friendships. and yeah. yeah. It is always up to you to determine who is worthy of being in your life. Yeah. People who treat you how you want to be treated. People who respect your boundaries. I think this is a big one. People who uplift you. Mm, that's huge. So, Teresa doesn't know this, but uh, I think it was two weeks ago we last mm-hmm. taped, and I had just brought my youngest daughter back to University of Oregon, and I was feeling a little melancholy. And after we recorded, Teresa and I sat here for about, <laughs> our editor left, and Teresa and I sat here for about 30 minutes and laughed about various <laughs> things in our life. And when I went home, and I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I feel so much better oh good just from the laughing just laughing laughing yeah for 30 minutes turned my whole week around isn't that amazing right yeah i think when i allow myself when i don't take myself so seriously right i mean i don't you know i'm self-deprecating and i don't take myself very seriously but at the same time with my list and stuff i take (laughs) myself very seriously so yeah i would say i do too in that way sure we're very similar yes but when I let that go and just, I'm like, really, is it a big deal? And I just no. let it, no, let yeah. myself have fun with just having right. a sense of humor about things. And, and that's what we were doing pretty much last <laughs> week is just kind of well shrugging me, our shoulders and because that's what you got to do when you got to do yeah when you're you in a hard it. season with yeah. just stuff going on yeah, yeah. it was laugh great. or cry laugh and I or pick, cry I pick laugh we pick laughed yep so yep. good yep. Um, it says, you know, be around the people who bring value to your life and people you want in your inner circle. People who don't, you've got the right to leave them behind. Which, like you said, is so hard to do. But It you, really is. You, you shouldn't feel guilty. Right. Right. And maybe they'll find a better fit mm-hmm. with oh, somebody yeah. else. Yeah. And, I, and I think she has. I think yeah. she has. Good. Number six is you have the right to communicate these boundaries. I don't know if I can. I have to admit to you, dear listener, like I, I don't know if I can. I'm, I'm yeah. really, I'm really worried about hurting somebody. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, definitely. Um, and I don't want to offend someone. No. Um, which I guess is in the same. It's game, a hard one. But yeah. Yeah. While these boundaries set you up with a rough outline, it is up to you to draw the line with respect to what it is. And it's not okay with you in your work, home, friendships, and romantic relationships. You have the right to assert yourself and clearly communicate your boundaries and limits in a healthy, productive way. I love that. The yeah. Very good, very good advice. And it's yeah. simple, yeah. but so, so hard. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I, I feel like I'm getting better at it, but... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if, if you have these boundaries then it opens up for you to have time to do the things in life that you really want to do and that really do feed your soul and right. spirit and all of right. that. And so, I'm, I'm also still just kind of learning what my boundaries are after not actively raising mm-hmm. kids. I think I'm learning a whole new yeah. set of boundaries yeah. because I have more time. Right. So 
now my boundaries have changed a little because mm-hmm. now I can expand them a little bit right. more. So how much can I expand yeah. them? I don't know. And find so, things that you like to do that, right. you know, and right. possibly meet new people that right. you're going to have to reconfigure that, right. that whole formula. Right. So, it's, yeah. it's an interesting, it's interesting. Always um, evolving. Always with, evolving. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. So another warning for little ears. Mm-hmm. This is for a mature audience. Like I said before, September was Suicide Awareness Month. And as ugly as it is, I really think it's so important for us to have discussions. I do too. Drew Robinson agrees and shares his story to remind others that they're not alone. And I recently attended a seminar and the topic was suicide in the elderly. Interesting. A couple of things really hit me. Not only that how high the rates are, but... Women are more likely to attempt suicide by like four times than I didn't men. I know that. And men are more likely to actually die by suicide. Like 79% of all people who die by suicide are male. So this is a very, this is something we need to be talking about. Right, right. Like I said, for Drew Robinson, he was able to mask a lot of his self-hate with being a jokester. Right. And he saw himself as a joke, but to, you know, he put on this mask that he was a jokester and he focused on baseball after his parents divorced, which I was reading that he bought his mom. He went up to Walmart when they got a divorce and he bought his mom a $7 and 77 cent ring. It was on like the day was the seventh. I'm like, what is up with all these sevens? (laughs) Maybe it was her lucky number or something. I don't know, but he bought her this ring. He said it was totally like chintzy and metal and just ugly and and um when it ended up breaking she took it in had it like re-put together and she said she still wears it and looks down and thinks of her little mischievous son i just thought that (laughs) was was super sweet so but after his parents divorced he and his older brother lived with their dad and they spent the majority of the time on the baseball diamond In one way or another. Okay. So both boys had athletic success and Drew had signed on in January to play ball. But in March, because of COVID, baseball, you know, had pretty much shut down. Right. So with the lockdown, Drew found himself alone in his house, secluded and depressed. Mm -hmm. Not a good combination. Won't go into the details. It's all available online. But on April 16th, 2020, Robinson attempted to end his life miraculously he survived a gunshot to the head took his right eye his sense of taste and smell but he survived people can read about a story in reader's digest or watch it on espn plus alive the drew robinson story um I do not remember hearing anything about this i only saw it in in <laughs> Reader's Digest. And okay. I know that my family mocks me for that. I love Reader's but, Digest. Um, my parents always got it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I loved it. That's why my, my children mock me. And I know that it's, you know, because it's not, it, that's not inspirational, you know, thinking of all of that. Mm-hmm. But how he's turned it around and how he's used right. such a tragic circumstance mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hitting rock bottom mm-hmm. and worked Coming back, back out of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is what's inspiring. Mm-hmm. So now he uses his experience to help others who might share, you know, have the same feelings. Mm-hmm. He uses platform and experiences to discuss the importance of prioritizing mental health. I watched a video where he noted that if you told a friend that you went for a five-mile run, just got back from a run, or you just 
finished at the gym. Your friend would give you accolades. They, you know, of course. Way to go. Good job. Sure. To, for taking care of yourself. Absolutely. But he wants the same response with our mental health. So mm-hmm. if, you know, if you talk to a friend and you were told him that you just were chatting with your therapist or, you know, something for your mental health, he wants the same response because it's all okay. part of. I think that I would. But maybe for men, it's yeah. different. I yeah. think women would say, I just got off the phone with my therapist mm-hmm. and they gave yeah. me this really good advice. Yeah. But I don't know for men, for guys. it might be a little different. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But he, he was talking about how it's like a skill set that you have to learn. You have right. to um, learn to work on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something to work on to improve constantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... I just love that he sees vulnerability as a strength, mm-hmm. which I totally do too, I but do too. a lot of people don't. Right. It takes a lot to open up to others. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're talking about boundaries, it it's hard to be yourself with others. And you're it's scary. It's scary because sometimes I'm also thinking about what if they use this against me? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now, you know, kids have social media and it's right. instant. So it takes a lot to open, to trust others. Mm -hmm. But he notes that the most important thing to do when you're in a dark depression, people asked him this. He said it doesn't really matter who you talk to, but just talk to someone. Right. I just admire that he's leading by example. His mental health is a work in progress, like all of us. I was just going to say that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Good days and bad days. Yeah. And I love that he's, you know, trying to get kids on board and he's such a handsome guy and has so much going for him. We all need to do more talking and normalize, you know, mental health. I agree. Talking to a therapist is healthy and we need to drop the social stigmas surrounding it. Right. I think we all need to be nicer to each other. Yep. You never know what someone else is going through. And we know that everyone is going through something. I agree. We need to pay more attention to those around us. I often tunnel vision and I've got my, you know, racing around. So I'm so guilty of not being in the moment and checking in on people. So we need to check in, be available to listen when they, because often when people want to talk, it's not when it's convenient for you. Right. That's yes. Yes. That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's um, true. Finally, I also learned this at the seminar. There's a line to call for anyone in the United States that's having these, Mm -hmm. you know, self-hate thoughts. You can call or text 988 or lifeline988.org. So I learned that, like I said, at the seminar, I have no idea how many people, how many lives it's already saved. But it's definitely a step in the right direction. So I'm so thankful that Drew Robinson is sharing his experience Mm -hmm. to remind others that they're not alone. And yes. I love that the San Fr- I might be a San Francisco Giants fan now. Okay. <laughs> they in July of 2021, they brought him on. He kind of transitioned into the mental health advocate. Okay. In the Giants organization. So I think that's that I mean, fantastic. I think it's great that he's getting out there and sharing his story and being open about it. And I think it's so amazing that the San Francisco Giants mm-hmm. are making that part of their club. Me too. That's awesome. Yes. Boundaries protect the things that are of value to you. They keep you in alignment with what you have decided you want in life. That means the key to good boundaries is knowing what you want. Adeline Birch. We want to hear from you. 
please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at tangentialinspirationpodcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.